1: hello hello and welcome back everybody thank you for joining us I'm so excited this time we're all together again I know I'm so I'm really excited so we have Heidi with us today hello hello and then we have Elisa with us as as well why hello and then myself (laughs) Pam we are all here all together again we did a couple of episodes without you Heidi we missed you I know It's it's crazy time it is it's it is. It's a very crazy time. I, I, I full-heartedly agree. So today's episode, thanks guys for joining us. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about infants and we have a couple of great tips to help with our newborns. That's kind of zero to four month age uh, range.
2: Yeah. I think the best place to always start when you're working on something is like, what is the appropriate expectation?
1: Yes, this is something that uh, we've been talking a lot about lately, because through this pandemic, I have lowered my expectations significantly. (laughs) (laughs) What used to be appropriate is now like high high bar. (laughs) Hey, we're all just trying to survive where we can. No, but knowing what we're what what we should be expecting from our little Mm -hmm. one um, can really help ease stress, right? So okay, this is great. This is my child is on target, we're I'm good. Um, But it can also help just okay, this is my goal. This is what I'm working towards. So so either side, it just helps to have those expectations. Yeah, and I find
2: oftentimes, we run into families where they're like, you know, my child is only doing this. And we're like, that's what they're supposed to be doing, right? We have, it's like this mismatch of where we should be and where we are. And so starting at where you like the actual, you know, research-based appropriate expectation. It's a great way to figure out if you even even need to change
1: anything. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we're going to jump in. So our zero to eight week olds, we're looking at 16 to 18 hours of total sleep, many naps and many night feeds. Like it's kind of, there isn't, there's no day or night. So it's just kind of all over the place. If you do have your days and nights confused, we have some information on that. Um, somewhere i will link we it are. below <laughs> <laughs> the interweb Headed somewhere yes um but uh so so that zero to eight weeks is kind of a little bit all over the place around that two-ish month mark we might start to see um a decrease in that overall sleep so that 14 to 16 hours in that overall sleep now we're kind of starting to see those naps come together a little bit more so four to five naps a day typically ranging at about four to five hours of daytime sleep in total. So if your little one is two months old and only getting 30 or 40 minutes of daytime sleep all day, definitely something we want to um, increase. We're trying to aim for that four to five hours of daytime sleep and Mm -hmm. then kind of one to three um, overnight feedings in and there, what your little one is needing. They definitely don't need to be fed like nine, 10 times overnight, uh, but usually in that range of one to three ish feedings.
0: Yeah. And this depends on the baby. Sometimes you will just have a baby who on their own starts to sleep longer stretches at night.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Other
0: times you have a baby who still will wake up a few more times. So if they are doing it on their own, then that's great that they're only waking up one time. But if they're waking up three times and seeming to really need that milk, then don't hesitate to feed them at least two or three times if they are waking for it awesome.
2: That's that's another one that comes up, you know, my baby isn't sleeping through the night yet. And that's not an expectation we have at this age.
1: Yes. Like that's a really big one that we do not, we're not expecting our little guys to be going that full 10 to 12 hours without feeding, um, especially our new, new guys. So definitely need them to be waking, to be eating overnight. Yeah. Yeah. So a three month olds, again, that 14 to 16 hours of overall sleep, this is now we're starting to kind of get into three, four, sometimes five naps, depending on the lengths. Um, again, that four to five hours of daytime sleep, and usually that one to two overnight wakings for a feeding, and then the same thing at four months, so that 14 to 16 hours of overall sleep, three to four daytime naps for about four-ish hours of daytime sleep, with one to two overnight wakings uh, for those feedings. The goal is six months, one feeding overnight. So kind of that four or five months, you're looking at one, ideally, ideally one, sometimes two overnight feedings. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: One thing that we absolutely want to get across is that uh, having a newborn baby is going to be the most unpredictable, inconsistent thing you will ever experience in
0: your life. One of the things that we get the most questions about or, you know, people saying things about is that their baby, you know, their eight-week-old eight baby napped for one hour yesterday and now today it's all 45-minute naps. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the next day they nap for two hours and then 45 minutes. And it's just, it can seem like it's all over the place. And that is very, very normal and very common at this age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what worked today... I'm sorry to tell you, probably isn't going to work tomorrow.
1: It doesn't matter if you recreate recreate everything down to the absolute smallest little detail. Um, It may work, but it may not. And or it may work for two days and then it won't work again or it'll work for four days and then it won't work again. And it's just it's a it's a kind of a roller coaster of um, unpredictability. Yeah, it's not always fun, but that's kind of the reality of it.
0: Um, Closer to that two months, you might start to see a little bit more of the predictability happening. But again, those naps are still going to be all over the place in terms of lengths and how many naps they're having in a day might differ from day to day. As long as you're following age appropriate wake times and not meaningly keeping them up for long stretches, if that's even a word. Um, (laughs) But all words, it, all I words, words I are available like now up my own word but that's okay
2: it's been that kind of a day it's a post-covid thing in yeah. the middle of COVID thing yeah. new words are being invented every <laughs> hour true. True.
1: <laughs> new we've, lowered, we've lowered expectations on on our ability to communicate well
2: yeah. speaking of new words i heard on the news i think it was yesterday where the word COVID actually didn't even exist One year ago today, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh my gosh! I know. Okay, sorry. Go on.
0: So maybe I can
2: start a trend with all my words.
1: (laughs) New words being invented continually. Elisa's tired language. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Do you speak it? (laughs) I do. I can't understand. I I do understand tired quite well. I speak Um, it, but I don't understand it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Pam understands all of the things that I'm trying to say. She does. She does. Creepy. She's a mind reader. Just a little bit um you just want to make sure that you're not keeping your little one awake on purpose for hours and hours and hours
1: yes which brings us into our next those wake windows because wake windows are are one of our biggest pieces with our infants and that's how long our little ones are awake for in between those naps so our naps can range from anywhere from 45 minutes, ideally 45 minutes is a full nap cycle, right? So a full sleep cycle. So ideally that nap is minimum 45 minutes, but that's an expectation with our little ones that they have 45 minute naps. Some of those naps are going to be 30 minutes, but if you're seeing all 30 minute naps, those are your wake windows are too long. Um, Little ones becoming overtired, having a harder time, either falling asleep and or staying asleep.
2: Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people run into challenges is they think that that is not the expectation. Yes. That's not what should be happening. And that is. It's quite shocking. It is. And when you're expecting your baby to be sleeping for longer periods or to be awake for longer periods at that really young newborn
1: kind of phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's one of the questions. Heidi and I host a prenatal class um, virtually. We have one coming up March sixth. But that's one of those things that you um, that we ask our families, what are our, your expectations? And a lot of them, it's really interesting. Um, it's it's uh, you know, well, I expect them to nap for you know two or three hours at a time, and then they'll be up for f- two, three, four hours, um, where in reality, our zero to four week olds are stay are able to stay up for. 45 minutes at a time. Mm -hmm. So that can look like a 45 minute sleep with a wake time of 45 minutes and then back down maybe for another hour and then awake again for 45 minutes and then back down maybe for 30 minutes and then back up for 45. And that kind of continues through the day. There's no set schedule at this age, right? So you're just following that time that they have in between uh, those wake periods. So our wake windows. So zero to four weeks, we're looking for about 45 minutes, four to eight weeks, we're averaging 45 to 60 minutes. We're starting to see if they can handle a little bit more. Um, at eight weeks, we're, that 60 minutes. 12 weeks, we are doing, so three months, we're doing uh, 75 minutes. And then four months, we're doing an hour and a half, 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Some babies absolutely can do a little bit longer. Some can't handle that much. Um, but if you are way off and you're seeing really short naps, or you're not getting those, that sleep in during the day, look at those wake windows. That's a really big piece.
0: One of the things that I hear often as well is that um, new parents don't know necessarily that you have to actually work towards getting your little one to sleep. A lot of people just think that babies are just going to fall asleep whenever they're tired. And some will, yes, absolutely. Some are just going to crash when they're tired. But other ones, like my two little ones, would never have fallen asleep (laughs) if I didn't take that actively work on getting them to sleep getting them to sleep yeah Mm -hmm. so that's why we like to talk about those wake windows as well because then it just lets you know that you do you might need to work towards getting your little one to sleep and it might feel like a little bit of work to get them to sleep but know that that's okay and you are just taking the lead there a little bit and you are following maybe a little bit of their cues, th- what they're telling you, but you're also just saying, okay, you've been awake for a long time and you're going to get overtired soon. So I'm going to take this step to get you to sleep now.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of people feel like they are going to be spoiling their baby by helping them to sleep. And that is a complete
1: myth. Oh my gosh. This is like one of my biggest ones. And again, when we talk about a lot in our prenatal class, Alisa um, and I also have our infant program we're going to talk about as well and it's one of the things that recurs consistently you cannot spoil a newborn and like to the end of the, the of the workshop I'm like I know I've said it but I really <laughs> just want you guys to hear you can't spoil a newborn we are going from a little one who's lived inside of you to now this great big cold loud weird environment that they're trying to figure out they need you they they need us to be able to put them to sleep they need us to feel safe and secure they need us to respond to all of their needs like this is that's what an infant especially those zero to four months that for that fourth trimester that's that really big piece that they need us to do that work for them they can't do it on their own we can't expect them to do it on their own and if they sleep better in our arms and that's working for us they're getting that sleep
2: they need us for so many things. They need us to feed them. They need us to clean them. They need us to change their diaper. Sometimes they need us to help get rid of extra gas. Like they need all this extra support. They need us to help them get back to sleep. They mm-hmm. they they're they're, they're they're born too early. We know this. Um, lots of research out there, and they that's just another thing that they need help with
1: in the beginning. And you are not spoiling them. Yes, I would not much. Enough. Much, much, much rather have a little one who is getting the sleep that they need in mom's arms. 100%. As opposed to a little one who has not had any day sleep in weeks and weeks and weeks or months um, and trying to learn from there. We know that you know, our little ones are developing, they need that sleep for development, they need that sleep for brain, for all of the stuff that they are growing and thriving and to, to hit their optimal everything, they need that sleep. And if we're going days and days without sleep, um, we're going to just have this, just this messy cycle of they're going to be crying all the time, you're going to be crying all the time, it's just, it's not going to be fun. <laughs>
0: No. sometimes it, it can be hard to get them to sleep because they mm-hmm. might have a little bit of extra gas so back to the wake windows for a second when we say use those wake windows that is a guideline for you to use but mm-hmm. try not to stress out tremendously if one day your little one is just yes. than usual and you're not hitting those wake times use that as a guideline just so that They're not awake for too long of a period at a time, Mm -hmm. but let those little things go. Like if a day is off, that's okay. If a nap is off, that's okay. You can try again for the next nap. Um, But sometimes things come in their way and they're just a little bit more fussy that day. They need a little bit more from you or they need a little bit more help, or maybe they have gas or maybe they have reflux. Like my two little ones had reflux. So it was a little bit more challenging to get them to sleep sometimes, or to sleep for longer periods because they were struggling, right? Mm -hmm. So all those things can come into play when you're working on getting them to sleep. So do keep that in mind and use that as a guideline, but don't allow it to stress you out so much that you're sitting there with your baby saying, you need to be asleep right now because the chart says that, right? Like if that's happening and you find that you're getting really, really stressed out about it, then maybe just put them down for a few minutes and then walk, you know, go go take a little breath or something and then go back to them and try again because when we're trying so hard to get them to sleep sometimes and that anxiety is building in us, then they are going to have a harder time settling after.
2: It's really like having a roadmap that those wake windows, because you are going to run into detours, even if you have a map, <laughs> right? And so you have to go over two blocks this way and up two blocks and then back over two blocks. And then you're back on that, that map again, and you're going to run into those little construction zones, roadblocks, whatever, but that wake window is just sort of keep you on, you know, towards the North star navigating towards <laughs> it. Right
1: absolutely yeah here's the thing too right expectations there's no such thing as being a perfect parent you're not going to hit those wake windows what? every i know i know mind-blowing right <laughs> i don't, don't want to shock you guys i'm a perfect parent <laughs> i don't want to shock show you guys. far from it we've been doing this for a few years and unfortunately um we've come to realize that uh yeah there's just no such thing um so so you can't put that on your shoulders that you're going to hit every single wake window, every single time. A bad day is going to happen with your infant. A bad day is going to happen with your babies and your toddlers. Those are going to happen. The goal, like Heidi said, is, is it's okay. We're off track. Let's get back onto this road. Okay, good. We're on the main road again. Um, and using that as your guide. I love that. That was a great one, Heidi. Thanks. Yeah.
2: Oh, I got plenty more. (laughs) Sure you do.
1: (laughs) One of our last points that we wanted to touch on is this is one that we're going to that you're going to hear often is put them down, put them down drowsy but awake get them drowsy but awake to put them. Down. Or just awake or or put them down awake never let them never let them you know feed to sleep or be rocked to sleep or walk to sleep and this comes back to they need us to sleep we're going to create sleep associations because associations because they need us (laughs) associations (laughs) because they need us to fall asleep so the expectation is that we're going to have sleep associations it's it's inevitable that they're not going to have some sort of what aid that they need to fall asleep so putting them down drowsy but awake or putting them down awake is great advice it doesn't always work
0: yeah and and yes absolutely let's talk about what a sleep association is so yes. a sleep association is something that your little one needs to fall asleep in the first place so as they get a little bit older those sleep associations can start to really hinder their ability to sleep because they need what what happened before they went to bed to be recreated each and every time they wake up throughout those you know when they have partial awakenings when they're transitioning through sleep cycles when they can do it on their own, after the age of four to six months, when you can actually do sleep coaching, um, they're a little bit more able to then fall asleep on their own in between. So you'll get that more consolidated sleep as they get older. However, with a baby, like Pam said, yes, we would love to just tell you, put them into their beds awake, let them learn how to fall asleep on their own right from day one but we also want to give you information on what happens if you do that and your baby is just not taking to that. Right. And they are upset. They're crying. They're, you know, just not able to settle. We want you to know that that is okay as well. Mm -hmm. Right. So not all sleep associations are bad.
1: Well, and that's the thing, like, those first four months it's it's virtually impossible you're gonna have days where you're just like nope i'm laying in bed with you today we're gonna safely bed share and this is how we're spending our naps and there's gonna be days where you're gonna put them in the carrier because laying them down is just so uncomfortable or you might have an infant that doesn't love their bassinet right away or you know there's a thousand different things that um can interfere with your little one's sleep and having that you know having them fall asleep on you, with you. It's just part of it. Yeah. I have sleep associations. I
2: need a pillow. I need yeah. two blankets. <laughs> and I really benefit from some kind of white noise or fan that's on. Yes, I can fall asleep without them, especially if I'm traveling or in a hotel or something like that. Um, but I do the I make sure I have a pillow every night <laughs> right yep. we have our own sleep associations and we don't think that those are bad right it's our little ones are no different and they just actually need extra support in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, it's like like when you're first riding a bike you usually start with training wheels like it's okay you can learn to ride a bike without training
1: wheels after learning how to ride a bike with training wheels yeah. And like I said, if your little one is four months old and I've worked with many, many families that like four or five month olds four or five months old geez here we go again (laughs) and um they've never had a nap outside of mom's arms every single nap has been on mom's arms and we've transitioned into teaching independent sleep wonderfully from there we've had little ones that I've worked with that have been sleeping in their bassinet or crib on their own from two months of age they've been able to mom's been able to or dad's been able to rock them and get them into their crib and they've transferred well so we do what we can to ensure that we're getting sleep on board. And then we worry about the associations later, but for those Mm -hmm. first four months, just, Mm -hmm. we can't, you can't spoil your newborn. No, get that sleep on board. And yeah, practice the practice, the putting them down drowsy or putting them down awake first morning nap is the best time to try that. Stay nice and close, offer some jiggling and some shushing while you're trying
0: to get them to sleep and And see see what your baby does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you never know, right? If you don't try it out, you never know. Maybe they might be that baby who can absolutely put themselves to sleep from awake to asleep in their own sleep space right from day one, right? Oh,
2: my goodness. Like that is like a parenting dilemma right there. I don't know how many scenarios I could list off where the parent is apprehensive about trying it because they don't think their little one can do it. Well. I get him dressed in a snow pants because I, I know I can do it. Right. Has your little, he can't do it. Has he ever tried? No. Has he ever like, have he ever tried? Has your little one ever tried falling asleep in the crib by themselves? How many times Pam in like the really young baby classes, like snuggle bugs, even fourth trimester here at blossom where someone says, I'm going to try putting him in the crib and we are and you're like, try it, do it. And yep. then they come back next week and they're like, yeah, I guess it was all me. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> We're sleeping in a crib now.
1: <laughs> it's so funny is how we get it in our head. We do. We get caught up and we don't recognize that, hey, this is something that maybe they can do or maybe they can handle and and you know if you have to if you're working on just getting them to fall asleep in the bassinet or the crib versus in your arms and you're still putting them to sleep you're still jiggling them and shushing them and they've fallen asleep in the crib hey that's great um it's it's anything that we do with our infants it's try 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 again we want to keep trying we want to keep offering them that opportunity to try but we also don't want to stress ourselves out if you're like okay i've tried this drowsy but awake and it's didn't work for the first week. And then like not week one of baby being born, but like the first week that I tried it, it didn't work. Um, Then give yourself a break for a couple of weeks and try again or a few days and then try again. You just wanna keep trying and, and don't sell your little one short thinking that they can't do things that you might just be
0: surprised and they can do. And that's another one that we can really get into very easily is, well, I tried it once and it didn't go well. So I'm just not going to try it again. they become nervous to try it again. Yeah. (laughs) So just go for it. you tried it once, but our children, our babies and our children need that repetitive exposure to be able to feel comfortable with something. Well, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. They're using (laughs) to arms. So naturally that is what they're most comfortable with at this moment, right? They don't know that there's another way for them. So being in that crib or in that bassinet awake, is something very new to them. They need that repetitive exposure to be able to really start to feel comfortable with it. So if it didn't work out very well the first time, let's say you put them into their bassinet that first time and they just started crying right away, like really crying, right? Um, so there many variables that
2: go into it too, though, right? Are they already overtired? Are they gassy? Like yeah. there's so
0: many things. For sure, yeah. And there is a difference between fussing and full-on crying. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid of a little bit of fussing, right? If they're just like <laughs> <laughs> they're noisy, actually crying too, right? They grunt and groan and yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So give them a little bit of space when you can and don't try, try to resist over helping when possible. Yeah. Right. But then if you tried it and they were just like freaking out right from the get go, like as soon as you put them into the crib or the bassinet, then that's okay. Just pick them up, resume your daily activities, and then try again the next day or a couple of days later.
2: hmm. Okay, so this can be very tricky and challenging, ladies, for parents. So say they've tried it on their own and they're not having any luck. What can you guys do for them? What do you guys have coming up that's available?
1: Yes, we have our infant program that uh, we've just relaunched on the website, restfulparenting.com, online classes. And it is a seven or eight part video series and we go through, so the foundations for infant sleep. So all of the information that you need to know about your infant sleep. Then we break it down month by month. So zero to four weeks. This is what you're encountering with your little one. These are our, our top tips. This is, these are some strategies you can try. Month one, month two, month three, month four. Then we have um, a great video on settling fussy very upset babies helping them calm our very upset fussy babies Uh, and then we also have as a bonus our settling in the crib plan which is um, as they get a little bit older and we want to start working on transferring them from sleeping say in arms or at the breast and sleeping in the crib without fully um, engaging in actual sleep coaching we're just working on where they're sleeping versus um how they're falling asleep so you get like a step-by-step all of that stuff so you get all those videos plus you get an 82 page ebook that elisa and i've put together i'm super proud of it because it's super pretty Um, but lots of information and it's and it's that zero to zero to four months that we really focus on to really just help you because the thing is guys is you're going to get lots of information and lots of advice and lots of recommendations and it's going to be a lot, and you're not going to know who to listen to. And well, you haven't had kids in 30 years, and I'm living with your baby. So, hey, um, I'm not sure about this. So, you know, it's sometimes it's those things that um, you just want that consistent kind of science based, factual information about
0: your little ones. And this is what Elisa and I provide with lots yeah, of talk. We talk a lot about those expectations and everything. Yes. And also, how to um, encourage a little bit of independent sleep where and when you can in those first four months, Mm -hmm. like Pam said, without full sleep coaching. Mm
1: -hmm. Tons of information.
0: So restfulparenting.com,
1: online classes, our infant workshop is going to be there. Um, Brand new videos, great new book, like I'm just so excited about it. Um, And then Heidi, you and I have a prenatal class coming up as well. So Heidi and I teach a prenatal class virtually, and this is a... A prenatal class, unlike others, so um, blossomearlylearning.ca. You can find that, uh, but this is a six-week course, all about those first six weeks after bringing baby home. So it's not really a birth class. It's not really a you know preparing for actually giving birth. It's preparing for them letting you leave the hospital. What you do once the baby yeah. is born. <laughs> with this brand new baby that they're just letting you walk out of the hospital the next day um and doing the best we can to help you thrive and survive through those first um six to eight weeks after baby comes home so that starts march 24th and that's virtually um as well so lots of great infant help guys you don't have to if you're feeling overwhelmed if you're feeling like it's harder than it looks like for everybody else um reach out. We can absolutely help. Restful Parenting has our infant workshop. Blossom Early Learning has our prenatal classes. We can help you get all set up pre and post.
0: Exactly. And if you are still struggling after those four, first four months, five months, and you really need to look at getting sleep on track, do contact us because we can help you get all sleep on track and support you along that journey. We absolutely can. Thanks for joining us Heidi. I'm so glad that you
1: graced us with your presence. Yes, January slowing down a little bit. like
2: every time a new session of classes start blossom, it's like information hey, awesome. overload for me. There's like I, need, I there's so much to do and I, I I'm starting to take better care of myself and I'm starting to say no to some things. I had to say no to you guys. I know.
1: it was very hard, but you did. <laughs> it was. It was. Nice. I was very um,
2: grateful that last past Tuesdays where we were supposed to be together, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I said no. <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
1: so I don't think I went to bed till like 3, 4 a.m. those days. Oh it was gosh. crazy. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. Well, and for the month of February, we have some fun interviews coming up as well. So we've got uh, a great lineup already um, for February into March and it's going to keep coming. So definitely keep coming back. Subscribe, share with your friends as much as you can do to help us out and spread the word. We'd love if you could um, do anything like that, review, subscribe, share anything you can. We, we appreciate it and we'll take it.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having us. Bye. 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 Bye.